You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast on the world of mergers and acquisitions. I'm your host, Alex Sherman. Happy New Year to everyone. I hope you all enjoyed a nice New Year's and holiday break. But the deal world keeps on chugging. And already, just a little more than one week into the new year, we have a $9.1 billion deal on our hands. And it's a bit of a surprise, at least I think it is. Mars, best known for its candy, M&Ms, and Snickers, is buying the animal hospital chain VCA, for about $9 billion if you include debt, an equity-only value of about $7.7 billion. Yes, the candy maker is buying an animal hospital chain, uh, but this is not quite as wacky as I'm setting it up to be. Here to make some sense of this is Craig Giamona, Bloomberg Consumer Reporter. Craig, first, Happy New Year. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. Happy New Year. Thank you. So let's start with this simply. Uh, Both of these companies actually do a few things. So what makes up Mars and what are the various parts of VCA and, and, and why does this deal make at least a little bit more sense than the way that I set it up? Uh, right. So people know Mars for M&Ms and Snickers. You know, they're a giant candy company. And that when you think of Mars, that's what you think of, obviously. But they also have a gigantic uh, pet food, pet care business. You know, they sell a lot of pet food. But I think they're, they might be the top seller of pet food in the world. And, you know, I have to say, I mean, we cover Mars a little bit. It's a private company, so you don't hear as much about it as you might some of the public guys. But, you know, unbeknownst to us, they have a big pet hospital business. You know, they operate even before this deal, sort of 900 pet hospitals. And, you know, analysts calling this deal a combination of the top two veterinary hospital chains. So makes more sense than I think people, you know, the headline maybe doesn't make sense, but when you start to think about how diversified Mars is, this makes a little more sense. And how will this deal be structured? VCA will continue to operate independently within Mars? That's right. That's what they're saying, that it'll be an independent business within inside the Mars pet care business. And, you know, Mars is a 33, roughly $33 billion company, like I said, private, big food business, you know, global conglomerate, and obviously are looking at pet care as a source of growth when you know, U.S. consumers in particular sort of straying a little bit from sugar, trying to cut down on sweets. You mentioned that, you know, you, you even you yourself, who covers the consumer business, uh, was caught off guard when you realized that Mars had this sort of animal health That's right. business to them. Do we have any sense of just how big that business is within the larger 
Mars. I, I know their pet food business is very big. Like I said, I mean, they sell a ton of pet food. You know, Nestle comes to mind as a comparison. Nestle, again, you would think of them for candy, but Nestle, I believe, biggest food and beverage company in the world, sells a lot of stuff. They also have a giant pet business. But th- this idea of pet hospitals, that was not really something that was on my radar as far as something that Mars did. So, Again, when I saw that deal hit uh, Monday morning, you're sort of a little bit surprised by it, but then you start to see that it, it you know, it does make sense. This is something that they're in, and that, you know, it, it's a area of growth for sure. It, it, is it fair to say that this deal is a surprise? I mean, we just did an episode. Our last episode was with Bloomberg Gadfly columnist Brooke Sutherland on what deals to expect for 2017. You, you all should listen to that episode. Uh, this deal not on there. Certainly, when I saw it too, I thought to myself. I can't remember anyone even contemplating this. Were some analysts caught off guard by this? No, I, I think, you know, um, as far as I can tell, this was a definitely a surprise. I mean, it was a bit of a scramble in the morning trying to figure out what does VCA do? Why does Mars want this thing? I think, you know, there was some discussion about Mars maybe on a food deal. I mean, maybe they would get involved in some of the consolidation we've seen on the chocolate side of things. But no, I, I do believe that this was a pretty big surprise for most people. Well, let's talk about that because you would expect that that, that would be the direction that Mars would go in. Is this sort of a damning critique of the candy business? Is this why they're going in another direction? You know, packaged food is struggling. That's the bottom line. Big food companies, um, you think of, you know, General Mills, Kellogg, Conagra, Mars, Nestle. The bottom line is that in in the United States and Western Europe, people moving away from processed food, they want things that are natural. There's also an inherent distrust of big food. So, you know, and, and candy in particular, health, uh, sugar has become a health boogeyman. I mean, I think all these diets that you see kind of in vogue now, one of the, the consistent points is that stay away from sugar and cut down on candy. And, you know, people are trading up for dark chocolate. So the M&Ms and Snickers, those kind of candy bars that we all grew up with, there's a move away from that. And meanwhile, you know, the pet business is booming. I mean, people look at pets as members of the families. You know, the big term out there is the humanization of pets, the idea that, you know, Fido or Fluffy is like just as valuable as the the son or daughter and worthy of the same food, worthy of the same healthcare treatment. And I think that's what this is about, sort of a shift away from sugar and the fact that in, in pets they see the opportunity for growth. Is there any synergy between the animal health business and the pet food business? Like I, I have a dog and a cat. And when we go to our vet, they do sell food there. They push certain products yep. on me. Is it does it become sort of some weird conflict of interest if the hospitals are pushing pedigree and whiskers over some of the other food options? Yeah, some of the um, you know I'm not sure about the conflict question. It's a good question, but some of the analysts we spoke to yesterday made this exact point that this is an opportunity for them, you know, to push the the food. It's another sort of way you're you're interacting with customers and oh here we have this nice product. This will help you know Nestle. Like I said, Nestle has a big pet business, and every year they put on a symposium. The last years it's been in Brooklyn where. They sort of put their research on display. They really tout the fact that they're doing research into how to get your old dog more active again. And, oh, by the way, this is the food that will help you get there. So no question that I think Mars will see this as an opportunity to push to push their products. By the way, we should also mention that VCA owns Camp Bow Wow, which is not really an animal health service as much as it is a animal drop-off service, right. sort of like a uh, kennel service for, I know, people that... Uh, you know, go away on trips probably are familiar with Camp Bow Wow. That's right. where they drop their animals. Uh, you mentioned that Nestle has sort of a, 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 a growing pet business as well. Is there any precedent for a deal like this, though, of this magnitude? You know, there was a very big deal in pet food not too long ago where Smucker bought Big Heart 
pet brands. That was a couple billion. But that, again, that was a packaged food company sort of saying, we see growth in pets. So, you know, not that I know of as far as pet hospitals. I mean, it's a very, very fragmented market. Like I said, VCA and Mars are the leading uh, chains in North America, but they still will control less than 10% of the market. So, you know, this this, ter- this uh, trend of corporations getting involved in vet clinics is sort of newer. There was actually a big Business Week story about this recently. And, you know, like, like I said, it just speaks to the fact that there's no end to the amount that people are willing to spend on their pets. So I went to business school and I took an M&A class there. And textbook M&A philosophy says you should buy to augment your core competencies rather than to diversify or hedge because you can take advantage of synergies. Now, has did the, first of all, did the company say, did Mars say that there are, in fact, synergies here by buying another animal health business? Yeah, one of the things that was pointed out was that they use VC, Mars currently uses VCA for their lab, their pet lab work, so there's a synergy there. You know, now that comes all comes in-house and you know again they're they're operating at at the time through Banfield, their unit um hundreds of these animal hospitals, so now they roll in another couple hundred. So I guess that's what they're looking at as far as the synergies and and becoming the t- you know the leading vet hospital clinic. But it certainly does scream conglomerate to some degree. I mean, these are now Mars owns various different businesses. Right. And this is obviously, if you look back at the history of corporations, there is an ebb and flow of corporations becoming conglomerates and then breaking up and then becoming conglomerates and then breaking up again. Is there any sense that we are, that this deal may be emblematic of something where we're seeing to come where the, because I, I would say recent tide has, has, pushed more toward the breakup phase right. than the build-up phase. Are we seeing a new turn in M&A where other companies, particularly consumer companies, may be looking more toward diversifying rather than splitting into their core focuses? I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure if this this sort of heralds um, a change in the trend because the really the, the trend in food has been for these companies slimming down. You know, you have 3G in there at Kraft Heinz. They've really put a ton of pressure on their competitors to cut costs and to slim down. You know, you saw Conagra spin off their frozen potato business, Lamb Weston, to become a sort of a pure play branded food company. So, you know, I I look at this as kind of a unique situation. I mean, Mars was in this business. They've been in there for a long time. They know pet food. They know the pet healthcare business. And maybe here just saw an opportunity to boost that unit and not positive. I, I mean, I guess I, I'm skeptical of the idea that we'll see deals like this, you know, where General Mills gets into some business that they know nothing about. That has not been the trend in food. So we know there was an offer made uh, uh, for Hershey early last year. Talk a little bit about Mars's competitors from an M&A perspective. What do you expect for 2017 for the big candy makers. Is this going to be an area where you expect to see some bigger deals? Well, the big thing right now in food is what is 3G going to buy? So Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway, they've gotten with these guys on a couple of deals. You know, They did Burger King a while back, then they did Heinz, took it private, then they did Kraft. Buffett is sitting on a gigantic cash pile, You know, tens of billions of dollars. So what the analysts tell me is basically 3G has the firepower to do whatever they want right now. Mondelez is the name that comes up. You know, obviously these two companies split in 2012, but the feeling is that we're basically coming around the time now that it's 2017 when 3G could do another deal. What their model is is, you know, buy something, cut the costs out, takes about 2 years, buy something and else. R- remind us what Mondelez owns. 
as far as their brands. Yep. You know, Mondelez is Cadbury. You know, Mondelez is Triscuit. Mondelez is Oreo. So Mondelez was split off from Kraft in 2012. The idea was that they would take advantage of growth in, uh, you know, faster growing emerging markets. Basically, Kraft is the North American business. Mondelez makes more than 70% of its revenue overseas. Now people think maybe it's time to tie those companies back up. That would give uh, the 3G guys a real foothold internationally. So that's really the, what everyone's waiting for in food right now is kind of the, for that shoe to drop. I mean, the other names you hear are Campbell, General Mills, Kellogg. So that would be, does 3G want to make a play at the U.S.? So that's sort of the question, the way, the two roads that they could take. A big international play, go for Mondelez, or try to go into some U.S. categories where they're not. That would be cereal, soup, maybe General Mills, maybe Campbell. So that's the big thing right now in food that people are looking for. Bloomberg Consumer Reporter Craig Giamona talking about the first big deal of the year, Mars buying VCA for about $9 billion. Craig, thanks very much. Thank you. So that's it for this week's episode. You can expect more Bloomberg reporters and M&A professionals who are doing deals real time. Until then, find us on the Bloomberg Terminal and on Bloomberg.com, as well as on iTunes, Google Play, or any app you use to listen to podcasts. And please take a minute to rate and review the show while you're there. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Sherman4949. Craig, where can people find you on Twitter? At SitgoWriter. And also, if you have any requests for upcoming podcast episodes or guests, feel free to email me, asherman6 at Bloomberg.net. See you next week. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash FutureInvestor slash radio.